The Lifestylist, episode 15, featuring Ben Greenfield. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Support for this episode comes from Bulletproof, an amazing way to upgrade both your morning coffee and your breakfast so you stay full, cravings-free, and energized for hours. And thanks to new Bulletproof Instamix, you can literally have an amazing, creamy latte that supercharges your day anywhere, anytime, in about five seconds. Check it out at Bulletproof.com, and while you're there, you can use the coupon code LUKESTORY to save 10% off your order. Do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby, and you're gonna die. No, you're not. Well, you're not gonna die right now listening to this podcast. In fact, you're going to live in a deeper and more meaningful way as a result of this here show. But eventually you are going to die, unfortunately, and I can't help you with that. But what I can help you with is saying, welcome to the Lifestylist Podcast. I am Luke Story, your crazy spastic host from lukestory.com. That's actually where I live, is inside a URL. And I am here to deliver a fantastic episode of the Lifestylist Podcast Featuring today's guest, Ben Greenfield. Ben is also a podcast host of a hugely popular health and fitness show. And today we're talking about how to biohack the ultimate home. So we cover things like air, your lighting, your water system, using a negative ion generator, using grounding mats, um, how to actually optimize your sleep using PEMF technology, we cover everything and anything that has to do with making a safe, happy, healthy home. So there's tons of information about that, but we also just totally geek out on tons of biohacking stuff. Ben is not only a fitness and health expert, but he is a biohacker of the obsessive nature uh, to a degree probably close, if not exceeding myself. Close to, if not exceeding myself. He is pretty damn into it. So he drops just knowledge bomb after bomb after bomb. It's like Hiroshima up in this piece. So I want to make sure that you get your episode upgrade by going to lukestory.com forward slash lifestylist15 because this is, of course, episode 15 of the show. The episode upgrade is going to contain tons of amazing active links and resources pertinent to the interview with Ben. So don't forget to get that. But this is a very resource-rich and information-rich episode. I had a lot of fun doing this. I've known Ben for a while. We spoke at uh, a Neil Strauss event some time ago and really hit it off. And he's kind of a, um, you know, a peer of mine and someone who's definitely a kindred spirit. So I love to bring you this information. And if you live in a home and not under the freeway, this is going to be very important information for you. So enjoy, and I will see you on the next one. Okay, hold up, hold up. Before we start slanging out these knowledge nuggets with Ben Greenfield, I want to make two very simple requests from you. I'd love for you to share this episode with someone you know that lives in a house or apartment. Pretty simple, right? There's a second requirement, though. They have to want to have a healthy house or apartment. I know you probably know five or ten people, so if you're listening to this on your iPhone or in iTunes on a computer or if you just got this email blast sent to you and you've clicked on it, I'd love for you to just, you know, click on share, forward, tweet, screen grab, put on Instagram, whatever. I would like to get this information to as many people as possible because, of course, honestly, I want to promote the show. I want to get more listeners and more people like you dig in this content. And I really want to get the message of health and well-being out into the world, which is my purpose in life. So help me fulfill that purpose by sharing this. Next one is so brain dead easy, you guys. You can do it literally in less than a second. Just click on subscribe to this show so that it gets downloaded for you automatically every week. Really simple, right? And then I'm going to give you a reminder to download this week's episode upgrade, which is all of the links and show notes. As I mentioned before, I'm going to remind you, here's how you do it. Super simple. Go to lukestory.com 
forward slash lifestylist15 and you get an amazing, beautifully designed PDF full of all these links for free right now. Okay, so enjoy the show and I can't wait to bring you next week's episode with Klaus Pummer from Samina Beds where we talk all about optimizing sleep. It's bananas. I'll see you then. Ben Greenfield is an ex-bodybuilder, Ironman triathlete, Spartan racer, coach, and a hardcore biohacker. He's also a public speaker and author of the New York Times bestseller, Beyond Training, Mastering Endurance, Health, and Life. His science-based approach to discovering a potent balance between health and performance has revolutionized the way thousands of athletes and exercise enthusiasts everywhere train and eat. He works with athletes, CEOs, and soccer moms from all over the world to achieve amazing feats of physical endurance without destroying their body in the process. He currently resides in Spokane, Washington with his wife and twin boys. Welcome to the show, Ben Greenfield. Hey, Luke Story. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. It's great to hear from you again. So, you know, the last time I saw you, I think, was at Neil Strauss's event, and it became clear to me at that event that you might be, (laughs) you you might, like, top me in certain areas of extreme biohacking and just crazy shit that you've done to yourself. Yeah, but you have better hair. Well, I don't know. And and fashion. I have if you saw me right now in my jogging pants and my uh, my hair that that literally hasn't been touched since I got out of bed, I'm just hazarding a guess that you you probably have me severely outdressed and outcombed. You know, I probably do because I never know if I'm going to do a video episode and then I'll actually <laughs> I'll be walking around in like yoga sweats and and shit and then I'll actually go, oh man, well, what if they like click you know on the video thing on Skype and then there I am. Right, but I hear anyway, you. But anyway. I'm also I'm also walking on my treadmill, so um, so I can't wear my my skinny jeans when I'm doing that. I just it reduces my stride length. Uh, yeah, hey, absolutely. And I wanted to ask you: Did you end up getting any uh, jeans? I think I sent you a couple recommendations. Did any of those work out? I'm hoping so. So I go to these health and fitness conferences where there's like the speaking that I do, but then there's like, you know, you want to go out and do squats and deadlifts on the expo floor and try out the exercise equipment, but you also want to look good when you're on stage. And so it's this conundrum for me. And then someone told me that they actually make, and I felt dumb because apparently this has been around for a while, stretch denim. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I posted to Twitter and I had like three different folks kind of like to tell me about this, you know, brand new fancy stretch denim stuff. And a few people actually sent me jeans, like literally like companies just like sent me jeans and uh, one fit pretty well. It was, it was from a denim, I think it was like denim.co.uk or something like that, or no denim project, denim project. They, they like feed poor people or something like that by giving them a job making jeans. I, I might be I might be completely crucifying their their business method, but I, but that was the gist that I got, and and better yet, they fit. So cool. uh, so yeah, I I got me some some stretchy skinny jeans now. Awesome, yeah. The skinny jeans actually aren't new; they're just new for men. Women have been getting away with this for probably fifteen years, but they just you know for some reason guys didn't ever want to wear tight jeans. But uh, this is this is a thing that a lot of guys into fitness have, especially guys with like a more athletic build. I wouldn't consider you like a giant meathead mesomorph, but I've, yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not a CrossFitter. I, yeah. I don't. I don't have a, a shelf on my backside. So, but those guys have a really hard time because any jeans are skinny jeans to them. You know what I mean? Guys that have like huge glutes and big muscular thighs, the linebacker. So I've, yeah. I've dressed some, you know, some athletes back in my former life as a stylist, and they you put them in any pants, they're like, these are too tight. These are too tight. I'm like, dude. That was my bane when I was a bodybuilder was I, I have a very narrow tapered waist and very wide, broad shoulders, which are fantastic for bodybuilding, but I've got long limbs. You mentioned mesomorphic body type and there's, there's a variety of other body types, but there's this body type that's in between like the skinny, skinny guy and the mesomorph. It's called an ectomesomorph. So uh, basically an ectomesomorph can, can get big by doing like a lot of compound heavy lifts combined with eating copious amounts of food. But I had to literally do workouts where I would, I would bomb my quads with, with 15 to 20 sets of back squat, front squat, hack squat, and then finish them off with leg extensions and leg curls to just get them to, to grow in proportion to my shoulders. And it, it eventually worked out, but 
uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those deals where you have to train a body part accordingly if you want it to, to fill out genes. And then I discovered, uh, after that, I discovered cycling. And if you look at a cyclist, you know, they, they have fantastic thighs and quads. And I realized that if I just started doing high-intensity cycling, I had to do far fewer sets in the gym to maintain uh, muscular thighs. Interesting. And it's interesting that there are uh, deeper um, divisions of the body types because in the fashion world, we only go by the three. And I know that I'm an ectomorph because I can't grow muscle. Like you could like give me steroids and I won't grow muscles. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think I went to the gym <sighs> for two years with my little brother. I, I could get muscle on you, Luke. <laughs> you I, so? so here's, here's the key because my, my brother-in-law played basketball at Pacific and he's a skinny guy. He's an ectomorph. And one year for Christmas, my wife told me that uh, he wanted to build muscle and it would be cool if I just like wrote a, a plan for him. So I wrote it a diet plan and an exercise plan. And it basically involved, like I mentioned, eating copious amounts of food. So we, so we were up at about 6,000 calories a day and you got to split that into like five or six daily meals. And it's all nutrient dense stuff, right? Like nut butter and eggs and steak and fish, right? There's no like, when I, when I say dense stuff, I mean stuff that preferably has both nutrient density and also calorie density, right? Like Coke has calorie density, uh, but a green smoothie has calorie density and nutrient density, right? So right. anyway, so we split that into five or six meals a day. And then he was doing compound, big multi-joint lifts like squats, deadlifts, cleans, presses, four to five days per week and very little cardio, right? Like we, we just did a brief, brief spurts of high intensity cardio. And, uh, for him, I believe the supplements we use were creatine, uh, colostrum was another one. Of course he had some protein powders cause that's something you, you want to have on hand for brief, like 20 to 30 gram portions kind of split throughout the day. Um, those were the biggies, creatine, colostrum and protein. Colostrum is like a, it's like a, uh, you know, it's what is found in the first milk of mother mammals, right? Like sheep and cows and even humans. And it's full of growth factors. So it causes this big dump of growth hormone when you use it. It's, and, also, uh, it's also delicious. <laughs> and, it's, and it's tasty. Although this is yeah. in, the, the one that I use is in, in a capsule form. So oh, okay. I, I don't get to taste it. And both both of the goats that I own, they're, they're pregnant right now, but they're not milking yet. So so I haven't gotten my hands on fresh goat colostrum quite yet. But uh, to, to return to your, your uh, mention of three different body types versus four, yeah. So there's, there's that for men, and I, I have a book about this actually. I wrote it about three years ago and, and did a ton of research into Ayurvedic body typing and uh, a lot of the demographic body typing that's been done in, in looking at, at male and female body types. And men generally are ectomorph ectomesomorph, which is like the skinny guys who, but the skinny guys who, who have a decent amount of muscle mesomorph, which is the athletic build and then endomorph, which is kind of like the round, um, you know, like actor Jonah Hill type of look. Right. I and always then, use, I always use Jack black when I'm, when I'm teaching Jack fashion black. classes. Exactly. Yep. And then, um, women are again, the ectomorphic woman, you know, like, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and then the mesomorph woman, and an endomesomorph, which is more of a pear shape. So if you look at like Serena Williams, she's more of a mesomorph. She's not as much of an endomesomorph. Endomesomorph is more of a pear shape. There's not really an ectomesomorph on the female side. And then the fourth for the females is the endomorph. So that's, there's kind of like an in-between the mesomorph and endomorph on the female side, and an in-between the ectomorph and the mesomorph on the male side you just gave me some really good am ammunition for my my future school of style fashion classes because people really like when it comes to dress you know this is totally unrelated to fitness but when you're dressing someone the subject always really wants to know what body type they are it's like i gave a talk a couple of years ago to a bunch of executive men and entrepreneurs and it was you know just on personal style and this kind of stuff and I mean, I gave them so much content about, you know, matching colors and all the different designers and trends and like really good content about just dressing for your best. And afterward, the only questions I got were like, dude, what body type am I? What body type am I? I'm like, they were obsessed with that idea. Going, ah, you know, you're somewhere in the middle. So now I know there is a middle. Dude, I, I, uh, I actually developed a questionnaire, a full questionnaire in this book. 
it's about 30 different questions that you go through and measurements and it spits out your body type at the end. It's based on, off these, uh, these four body types. That's amazing. Uh, you, it's at a getfitguy.com. We're putting that if, in the show notes. If you remind me afterwards, I'll, I'll be sure to, to send you a book too, so you can thumb through it. That'd be great. Yeah, it's good stuff to teach. Okay, so I want to move into a little bit of the world of biohacking because I just love how kind of crazy and extreme you are. And I don't get to chat with people very often where they're on par with me and maybe even <laughs> more nuts in some ways. I'm kind of always the ringleader that's going off and trying, you know, different experimental things to improve my performance, health, well-being, etc. So what what are some of the, what do you think are like a couple of the, what people would consider the strangest or craziest things you've done to improve your health or performance over the years? Oh, you want to jump right into this? Yeah. I thought we were going to ease in with like a, a treadmill desk or something like that, but we can, we can go strange and crazy. Um, let's see. So, uh, if we want to start with say like, um, trying to think, cause I, I, I always try and strike a balance between, um, biohacking and health and longevity. So if something doesn't have good long-term studies behind it in terms of safety and efficacy, and involves specifically electronics, I generally shy away from it. So I don't do a great deal of quantified self type of stuff. As a matter of fact, um, I, the only time I'm really hooked up to Bluetooth, for example, or am quantifying myself is I do it when I wake up in the morning for five minutes, I put on a heart rate monitor, a uh, chest strap, and then I have an app on my phone that measures the uh, beat to beat intervals of my heart. So I can measure the strength of my sympathetic and my parasympathetic nervous system. It's called a heart rate variability measurement. Uh, and then I turn that off after five minutes, after I've collected important data about my nervous system in the morning and the rest of the day, I'm exposed to almost no signal. So for example, I have hardwired my entire house with metal shielded ethernet cables. So you walk into any room and you can open a drawer and find a 50 foot ethernet cable that allows you to plug directly into the wall, but there is no Wi-Fi. There are no signals bouncing around the home. There is no uh, Bluetooth. So uh, none of the appliances have any Bluetooth. Even the alarm system is a specific alarm system that only pings the receiver at a very infrequent rate. It's about every half hour or so, whereas many alarm systems just constantly send a signal back and forth to the receiver. So there's very little electrical signals bouncing around the house. And then I've also uh, put specific light bulbs in each room of the house. So for example, the room that I'm in right now recording with you is my office. And my office is equipped with light bulbs that are primarily in the blue light wave spectrum. Now, you and I are recording at night. It's very atypical for me to be in my office at night. Usually, I'm in my office between about 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. And so, I want to simulate sun exposure in my office. So, I use, uh, uh, there's a company called Lighting Science, and they make these bulbs called Awake and Alert Bulbs. So, in my office, I have it all set up for blue light, very similar to sunlight. So, it shuts down melatonin production, gives you a little burst of cortisol, epinephrine, adrenaline and induces that wakefulness effect. Same thing in the gym, right? The gym is all, all blue light. And then for example, in the bedroom, there are zero lights that are in the blue light wave spectrum. So in the bedroom, it's all, uh, it's all red light. Again, the, the, the bulbs that I have in there are, are made by uh, lighting science. They're called uh, something like sleepy time or nighttime bulbs. And so uh, lighting, in addition to electricity is another very important factor uh, that, that I've added into the home. Um, in my office, uh, another thing that I have, because the, in terms of the environment, lighting is important, but also the actual air. So I've got a, a central HEPA air filter that filters all the air in the entire home. Uh, you can get these installed in your home. There's a company called Aller Air. That's the one that I use that cleans all the air in my home and basically destroys mold, fungi, stuff like that. But then in my office, I have a cold air diffuser and I diffuse pine and evergreen essential oil because both of those have been shown to cause you to relax. They cause your, your sympathetic fight and flight nervous system to downregulate a little bit. So when you go into my office, you know, it smells like a forest and it looks like there's sunlight. That's basically the, the goal. Um, 
And so, uh, so, so air is another important one. And then I've also got, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've really focused on the water system in the house as well. So even though I personally use well water, I've had it tested and it tests high in uh, iron and also manganese. So the way that I have the water set up, and, and if, if I lived where a lot of your listeners probably live, like in a municipal water supply, I would just use the gold standard for taking care of the water, which is a reverse osmosis filter that has a remineralization cartridge added to it. So you're remineralizing the minerals that the reverse osmosis filters out because reverse osmosis does a great job filtering out like, you know, birth control pills and chlorine and fluoride and all that stuff. But it also filters out the important stuff, the minerals. So you want to get a reverse osmosis filter if you're having a central water filter that has remineralization that adds minerals back in. But because I'm on a well water, what I've added is just an iron filter and a manganese filter. But then the important thing is I've, I've also added a structured water filter. So water, as it's moving through like underground springs or going over waterfalls, it, it vibrates at a specific frequency that is different than the frequency at which water vibrates when it's sitting in a cistern or uh, in, in pipes in your home. And so the water all passes through what's called a structured water filter after it goes through that initial filter. So the water that I'm drinking in my home is also, uh, it's, it's very much more like the water I would get when drinking out of a stream high up in the mountains. So basically I've got no electricity, I'm living in a forest with really clean air uh, and water that's kind of like you would get if, if you were you know, living up in the mountains and um, lighting that simulates the type of lighting that you'd find in a, in a nature setting. And probably the last thing that's important to mention is that when you're in the forest, near the ocean, um, outside where the wind is blowing, near where water is, is falling, there's a large amount of what are called negative ions. And, and positive ions are released by appliances, computers, et cetera. Your cells in your body actually operate at a specific uh, electrochemical gradient that they're meant to operate at, something like negative uh, 70, negative 80 millivolts, something like that. Anyways, when you add a bunch of positive ions, you throw off that electrical balance. And you would add a bunch of positive ions, of course, from working on a computer all day, being around appliances, et cetera, even if they don't have Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. So I've got a negative ion generator in each room of the house. You can get these for like 20, 25 bucks off Amazon, and they just spill out these negative ions into the air. Um, and that Aller Air uh, central filter, central air filter does this as well. So you're getting you're, the, the air that you're breathing is not only clean, but it's electrically charged in a way that's similar to the charge that you'd get when breathing air outside. So those are the, you know, when, when we talk about biohacking, I'm more into um, simulating a very healthy environment for your body than like strapping a bunch of like electrodes to my, to my scalp or something like that. But we can also get into, you know, enemas, supplements, you know, all, all that crazy stuff if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm just sitting here tripping out because everything that you just described in your house is, is essentially my whole um, operation that I've got going here with the exception of being in an apartment. And this is something that I help clients kind of put together. And I'm so glad you mentioned the whole house filtration because somebody just hit me up about that a couple days ago and I'm in an apartment building. The, so, the whole house water filtration? Uh, no, the air filter. Oh yeah. 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 And cause I just use Austin, uh, air healthmates in, you know, in each room because I'm, you know, on the, the building's air. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you there in that I have to say I've done a bit of experimental biohacking kind of stuff with some technology, but my whole goal is to be able to live in the modern world with some of these conveniences, to be able to live in a city, but to simulate the principles of nature. And that's, I mean, you just gave us like such a perfect um, summary of how one can do that. And it, yeah, it, I, I have another book I've written I should send you. It's called How to Biohack the Ultimate Healthy Home. And, you know, I, I literally just scratched the surface of the type of things that you can do, you know, when you look at like, you know, flooring, lighting, windows, air, electricity, all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it is incredibly important. It, it always baffles me when people just like, you know, eat healthy and exercise, but don't take into account their, their personal environment. I mean, I'm sure that, that you've no doubt talked at some point on your blog or podcast, Luke, about like personal care products. Right. And, and you know, that's another one that baffles me is guys and, and girls will try to be so healthy, but then they'll, they'll slather 
uh, things on their on their body that um, you know, if you understand the fact that your skin is a mouth, can have a pretty significant impact on on hormones. You know, so for example, you know, if I'm if I'm traveling, one thing that I'll do when I'm at a hotel is I'll call down and tell them that I am allergic to the lotion in the room, and can they send up some extra virgin olive oil from the restaurant? And I'll just use that as a moisturizer when I am, for example, in my in my hotel room because I try to be pretty minimalist when I travel and travel with as, as few bottles as possible. But, uh, you know, little things like that add up quickly when it comes to the type of things you put on your body and around your body. Totally. And, and that's the thing, you know, because I get hassled, of course, by a lot of friends and family because I've just been so obsessive about this stuff over the years of, you know, like I'll carry a, a shower filter with me when I travel and, and install it in the hotel room. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And, and people are like, dude, it's not going to kill you to take a couple showers and chlorine and fluoride. And like you said, birth control pills and, you know, radioactive material and whatever else is in there. But all of these things are cumulative, you know? So it's like over the course of one's lifetime, how many showers have you taken in a, you know, a toxic gas chamber? Um, you know, how much fluoride have you taken in? How much, yeah. you know, if how much you, melatonin do you destroy by walking into a grocery store at 10 PM in LA? And, yeah. And in many cases in the, with the modern practice of cremation, we return a lot of these toxins and chemicals to the earth. There's a really good podcast called the Ted radio hour. It's just like four or five Ted talks focused on a specific theme they uh, had a, a gal on there talking about uh, burying and cremating people and then uh, surrounding them with this special mushroom extract that's like a bioremediation mushroom. It like soaks up toxins and chemicals and kind of acts like a sponge to clean up the earth. And she's developed like these mushroom cloaks that people could be buried in to soak up all the toxins and chemicals we're accumulating when we're alive. So yeah, I mean, your, your body does store a lot of this stuff. It's, you know, one of the things I do every morning when I'm at home is I've built an infrared sauna in my basement and I've, I've insulated it with just basic, you know, cheapo insulation from the hardware store, but to, to make it hotter. And I put a cork in the temperature se sensor, just a wine cork in the temperature sensor, so it doesn't know if it's getting too hot. And I, uh, I go in there and work up a really good sweat every morning. So I'll just do like a series of yoga exercises. I've got a little blue light generator in there. So it's kind of like I'm, I'm exercising out in the sunshine, even if it's gray and, you know, snowy like it is a lot of the time here in Washington state. And then, uh, I'll get out and I'll do about five to 10 minutes in a, in a cold pool that I built outside and the, and starting off the day like that just helps me dump, you know, any of the toxins and chemicals and stuff like that I get exposed to with all my airline travel. And, you know, and frankly, there are a lot of times during the year that I'm not in my house and that helps me get rid of a lot of that stuff. The skin is a really good uh, detoxification organ. And you can also, if you use something like, uh, like niacin prior to getting in the sauna, you can actually cause uh, fat cell lipolysis, fat cell death. Um, so you, you take niacin, you get an infrared sauna and you can actually lose weight really well when you do something like that as like a, a morning routine that you do in a fasted state. What do you think about the no flush niacin? Is that whack or will that yeah. give you the same effect it's i that's actually what i use i don't oh, okay enjoy the, so i use this stuff made by a company called thorn uh right. it's called it's called nia safe nia safe is a non-flushing uh form of niacin it's, it's not really much more effective than regular niacin you just don't get as much of the uh the flushing effect yeah that's a weird effect you can get that sometimes from gaba too i've taken like a kind of a mm -hmm. mega dose of gaba and gotten that weird flush feeling um, you just described my dream house, by the way, <laughs> like everything that you're like have going on in the woods out there with your cold pool and all that. This is like what I'm, you know, like trying to always simulate here in the city. I do have my infrared sauna. Uh, my brother Cody, whom you've met at Story Fitness, we just put together. Actually, remember the tanks at Neil's event that we were all in? The big uh, yeah, galvanized. Like, like cold, yeah, I ended tubs. up buying those from from Neil, and we put them at Cody's studio, and we got like a big commercial ice machine off Craigslist, and we just put together a whole CT like you know camp over nice. there. We're going to be doing um, the Wim Hof training here in a couple weeks. Oh, um, very cool. Yeah, with yeah. his with his U.S. trainers are coming in to do it over there. So I'm, yeah. you know, in the I'm in the middle of the city trying to find ways to recreate this. Or I just went out of town over the weekend and I went to some hot springs where they had a cold river right next to it, and it's just 
freezing water and I'm doing hot and cold for hours it's and hours. It's a really, really good way to train your body to enhance your stress resilience. Even if you're not trying to lose, like me, I do that cold soak. And, and yeah, I'm trying to stay somewhat lean because I'm still racing professionally as an obstacle course racer. But I'm also doing it because it helps you to handle stress so much more when you can consciously downregulate your fight and flight nervous system. You actually get what's called increased vagal nerve tone. Your vagus nerve is what feeds a more relaxing signal into both your heart and your brain. Whereas your, your uh, sympathetic nervous system causes all that stuff to speed up via release of things like acetylcholine and epinephrine and noradrenaline. But when you increase your vagus nerve tone by doing something like training you to keep your heart rate down, when you get exposed to cryotherapy chamber or cold water or cold shower or cold soak or something like that, it's one of the best things you can do to train or, you know, I know we've used the word hack on this podcast already. So, you know, to, to biohack your, uh, your nervous system, there's all sorts of things that can activate vagal tone, like singing, uh, gargling water, um, you know, yoga and deep breathing and all those things you would expect to work, uh, a jaw realignment therapy with a chiropractor, but, but, a, a cold pool or a cold soak or a cold shower is a really good way to do it. And what I do with my kids is five days a week, I have them go out. They do that Wim Hof style breathing, right? Where they're like, they hyperventilate for about 30 rounds. They do a full breath out. They hold that full breath out. They take a deep breath in. They do about four or five relaxing breaths. Then they get into the cold pool and they'll stay in there for 10 minutes, just swimming back and forth like otters, really, you know, kind of slow and calm. And they'll stop every few minutes to do their deep breathing. And then they get out. And it's amazing uh, to, to see them gain that skill at a young age to just be able to, to step into cold water and not care. So they'll wander out there in their underwear and bare feet through the snow and, and jump in the cold pool. That is so amazing. And what did that require any coercion or like rewards in the beginning? Or do they just want to be like dad and just be healthy and, and try stuff yeah. like this? Yeah, I always like to reward exercise or positive habits with 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 something positive. I never so so one thing that you'll you'll see parents do sometimes is it'll be like, well, do this or you gotta do 10 push-ups, or hey, you messed up on that. Um, I want you to do 50 sit-ups. Uh instead, and this is a tip I got actually uh from from a book by Arnold Schwarzenegger, like his dad would reward him with dinner every night if he'd do something like 50 push-ups, right? So Whenever I have my kids do something like that, I'll just kind of dangle a carrot on the end of the stick. I'll never, ever use something like that for punishment, right? But I'll, I'll uh, I think in this case, I brought them to a movie they'd been wanting to see. There was some new cartoon out. And I told them if they could get 14 days in a row, I'd take them to this show. And uh, they did it. So, so oh, I took them. And, and, then, and then, you know, after that, you'd think that they'd want the carrot on the end of the stick every time. But I haven't found that to be the case, right? They they just they realize that it's a positive habit, and then they keep doing it. Oh, they they how old are your kids? Oh, uh, they're seven. Oh man, they they're gonna they're they must feel so amazing. Can you imagine like just being geared to not have inflammation from that age moving forward? Oh, yeah. You know, That's yeah, I mean, so cool. Yeah, they don't get sick. They, you know, they just they go to bed at like you know eight thirty p.m. Their head hits the pillow. They wake up at seven a.m. They make themselves breakfast, get dressed, go to school. Uh, you know, they they come home, they work out, they do their cold showers, they do their meditation, they do their breathing, they do their gratitude journaling. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really trying to get them uh, get them dialed in as much as possible. But I never ever again. This is important for parents who are listening in. I never push this stuff on them. It's always an option. You know, hey, do you do you want to learn how to box breathe and, and do meditation? Well, join me in the sauna, you know, for for five minutes for the next week. And they'll, you know, sometimes they'll show up, sometimes they won't. But, you know, eventually, if you just give a child an option and act as an example for them, uh, they did a really interesting study, actually, at University of Essex. This was a few years ago. And they had kids do this bleep test where you run back and forth and you have like increasingly shorter rest intervals in between each run. And the number one parameter that influenced how well a child did on the bleep test was how fit they thought their parents were. In other words, the kids who were the fittest, even, you know, once, once we rule out like weight and sports played and exercise history and everything, it was just how fit they perceived their parents to be. So when your kid sees you doing something and you just make sure that they know that they have an open invitation to join you. That's the number one thing you can do when when influencing them to make healthy choices. 
Oh, that's so cool. You just described the polar opposite of my childhood. <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's so neat man I, and i i just i don't have any kids you know but i love to see kids when they're kind of you know it's like they they want to spend time with their dad they want that quality time and it's 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 just so fortunate that you're doing things that are really enhancing to one's life i mean just to expose a kid to meditation is amazing i see people in my yoga class often and they bring like newborn babies in there and the babies are just surrounded by all this chanting and mantras and breathing yeah. and movement and and it's amazing to see what what effect that level of consciousness has on a kid um, yeah. just that presence and that spiritual kind of energy they'll, they'll just sit there and kind of roll around even the little ones they never cry they never scream uh, they don't get restless they don't try to run out of the room you forget they're even there which is such a different experience than you would find in a lot of other settings where kids are you know kept in can you know some kind of confinement and unable to move or Really have oh yeah, sure. We, we as uh, we as human beings can sense. You know, I talked about sympathetic uh, fight and flight nervous system activation of the heart, and sympathetic rest and digest nervous system activation of the heart. And when you have too much sympathetic drive going in the heart, the heart actually has an electrical signal. Um, it's it's much larger than the electrical signal, for example, released by the brain, and so. When your heart's electrical signal is emitting a frequency associated with stress, other people within about a 10-foot radius around you can sense that. It's why, like, if your partner is lying next to you in bed at night, you can sense that something's wrong and that they're laying there with their back towards you and their eyes open, even if it's completely dark and you can't see them and you maybe don't even know which way they're facing. And that's because you're sensing their heart signal. It's the same reason that, like, a you know, for example, when a jockey who really knows a horse well walks in to ride that horse, their heart rate signals will actually align in terms of their their heart rate variability, the amount of time in between their heartbeats. And it's, it's really interesting how we can actually sense relaxation from other humans and feel more at peace when we are hanging out with people who have good, uh, good vagal nerve tone, good parasympathetic nervous system drive. That's cool. I, I love that there's a lot of, are you, you, you must be talking about some of the HeartMath research, right? Mm, yeah, there's yeah. a really good website. HeartMath.org is probably one of the better websites when it comes to research on this topic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I just, because I, I tend to err a little more on the woo-woo side of life, you know, than the, than the scientific side. But I love when there's, you know, a bridge between those two and science can actually confirm thing like things like bad vibes, man. You know, it's like, I just go, Hmm, the vibes weird, but it, the fact that it's actually quantifiable in a very real way is, is exciting. And there's more and more of that research. And I think there's a kind of a, um, you know, an agreement now on a, on a quantum physical level, at least between some of the spiritual people and some of the scientific people, there's almost like no difference in certain cases. Now it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's super interesting stuff, and I I know that you had asked me about uh, about weird biohacks, and I actually um I'm not saying this to be all markety, but I have like this this membership website, and every month I do a workshop with them, and this month's workshop is just on like weird things that I've been messing around with lately. So um uh, there there's a few things I know I'm going to talk about during that one, but I wanted to to pick out a few for you oh, and cool. uh, throw Great, them at man. you. Um, pulsed electromagnetic frequency. Uh, or PEMF. Uh, this is a, a type of electromagnetic frequency, far different than like a cell phone. But uh, the concept here is that when you're standing on dirt, on the earth, on ground, it emits a specific frequency. You're getting exposed to a lot of those negative ions that I talked about, and it's known as a concept of grounding or earthing. And so there's many people who use like grounding mats and earthing mats to enhance their connection to the earth. Even if they're, say, lying in bed at their house, there's just like a grounding plug that plugs into the wall. But you can also do that on steroids, basically, when you pulse the signal. And I've been uh, been messing around lately with a little device. It's about the size of uh, trying to think of a, a good analogy. Um, it's it's about one quarter the size of a, of a typical phone. And you place it over the, the collarbone, uh, about the mid-collarbone, which is your brachial plexus, and it emits this pulsed electromagnetic frequency signal, which I've, I've studied extensively and found to be safe. It isn't one of those, those radiation, dirty electricity signals. And it activates, via the brachial plexus, delta brainwave production. So literally, it fools your brain 
very, very quickly into its deep sleep phases. And uh, it works within about 20 minutes. I've been putting it on my on my mid collarbone before I go to bed at night. So, so this, this is different than the Earth Pulse PEMF. It is. The Earth Pulse goes underneath your mattress, and right. it's a little bit bigger. It works. It's a little bit bigger, a little bit clunkier. This one attaches straight to your body and literally sits right over that nerve. Really interesting. Um, there's another another uh, uh, compound I've been using lately. It's It was studied and, and found to cause rats to live three times longer. I uh, had never heard of it until I watched uh, an Al Jazeera documentary on illegal performance-enhancing drugs. They talked about this, <laughs> and I did some research, and it turns out it's not banned by the World Anti-Doping Association. It's completely legal. It just kind of flies under the radar. Uh, it's called Buckminster Fullerene, or C60, and typically the carrier is olive oil, and it has this potent, potent, bigger than, than any of the studies on like resveratrol and you know, fasting and all these other things that have been shown to extend aging in lab animals or in fruit flies, but it's called C60, a Buckminster fullerene. It's a specific molecule. And uh, it, the, the proposal is that it works by, by uh, enhancing uh, uh, DNA synthesis and cellular repair extremely quickly. That's another one that I've been using. I can't say that I've, you know, noticed that I, whatever, have, have bigger boners or something like that, but it, it's, certainly, uh, it's certainly something interesting in terms of the research. Um, I'll give you one more. There's uh okay. So this one, because I go, uh, I hope you don't mind if I go off the deep end on, on another one. No, do it. I love okay, it. Let's talk about sticking stuff up your butt. So love it. One of my favorite um, you know, pastimes I, in health. <laughs> yeah, I've talked a lot about on, on my website about doing like coffee enemas um, and even using things like magnesium chloride enemas. There's all sorts of different ways to kind of feed stuff into your body via the blood vessels in your large intestine. Um one that can help, depending on the strain that you use, it can either make for fantastic sex uh, or it can make for a fantastic night of sleep. Uh, but you can actually do uh, THC. They make THC capsules now that you can purchase at most, uh, most marijuana stores. And most people will swallow them, but you can actually use them as an enema. Um, and I would just challenge, especially any of the male listeners, uh, listening in, try a, a sativa-based THC enema prior to sex. And it is one of the most amazing uh, feelings that, that you'll ever have uh, in the bedroom. You know, I've, I've experimented with a lot of stuff, you know, and, you know, uh, uh, foreign versions of Viagra and nitric oxide precursors and beta alanine and all these different things to enhance, you know, erection and orgasm, all that stuff. But uh, give, your, give yourself a THC capsule enema. So I'll uh, I'll throw that one at you too. So and you does that get you high? Uh, yeah, you'll get high too. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, you you will get you will get high, but it's like a high for your crotch as much as your brain. It's really weird. That is very interesting. Yeah, no, I I think a lot of people are sort of freaked out by the idea of of enemas and rectal implants and colonics and all this. And it's you know no one likes to talk about poo and butts. I get that, but. I think a lot of people are unaware of the fact that it's a it's a really good way to deliver something into your bloodstream. It's actually, it's a it's a fantastic. I mean, people who have um like a lack of colonic flora or colonic bacteria and who are constipated or have irritable bowel syndrome, you can actually fix that very quickly by putting two things in an enema that completely repopulate your colon. Uh, butyrate, which feeds bacteria and is used to regenerate the mucosal lining of your colon, and a probiotic, like a really good therapeutic-grade probiotic. You can open up the capsules, dump them into an enema bottle, shoot them up your butt, hold it in there for about 30 minutes, and you've probably heard of like fecal transplants and, and all these type of things that surgeons and, and gastroenterologists are now doing to help heal people's gut. Uh, this is kind of like the home version of the poop pill without having to pay hefty insurance fees and all that jazz. You just need a butyrate capsule and a probiotic capsule, and you empty a, a few of each capsule into an enema, and you can literally push the reboot button on your entire large intestine when you do something like that. I am not a doctor. Do not misconstrue this as medical advice, blah, blah, blah. But uh, if you have a irritable bowel issues, uh, it's worth a try. Yeah, I've actually done that. Another thing I was doing for some time years ago in an attempt to um, alleviate some aches and pains I had primarily in the back was serapeptase enzyme implants. Have you ever heard about that? Uh, you were doing it for muscle pain? Um, well, for specifically for adhesions and scar tissue. The theory yeah. is... And I don't, you it, know, breaks, I don't, it breaks down a fibrinogen, right? Yeah, that's what they say. 
Yeah. Well, proteolytic enzymes will do that as well. Um, Serapeptidase, to, to my knowledge, is, is a little bit more potent than that. But proteolytic enzymes you'll find in like red meat, uh, pineapple, papaya. They go by names like bromelain and papain and trypsin and chymotrypsin. They're great after workout to break down soreness. Or if you're concerned about like blood clots and you've just worked out and you're getting on a plane, it's great to pop some, some proteolytic enzymes as long as you have an empty stomach. Otherwise, they just work to digest the food that's in your stomach. But if you take them on an empty stomach, they can work on fibrinogen that's kind of floating around left over after a workout that can contribute to that clotting effect. I haven't personally taken the, uh, the serapeptidase, but uh, purportedly it can, it can act similarly. Yeah, it got a little bit expensive. I, you know, it's one of those things, if I, if I don't, if with supplements, I mean, I've spent way too much money on a lot of snake oil in, in my you know 20 year career at this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I tend to, you know, I try something for a while, but if, if I don't have quantifiable results where I'm, I really know something has changed, then I tend to kind of abandon certain things after a while. At yeah. least if, if it's something like that, where I'm getting, you know, I'm going for a very specific result. Um, I'm not going to discontinue like desiccated grass fed beef liver just because it's not turning me into Superman. I know it's good for me and doing something, but oh yeah. And I mean, I, I do, I mentioned that I don't do electrical quantification much, but I do a lot of blood testing, you know, so four times a year I, I use wellness FX and I'll just do a full blood panel just to see, you know, what, what vitamin D and testosterone and thyroid and everything are, are doing. And, you know, for example, one, one self experiment that I did was I spent a year in full-blown uh, ketosis, which is like a 90% plus fat-based diet with, uh, you know, lots of medium chain triglyceride oil and, you know, coconut milk and a uh, very, very, very difficult diet to follow if you, if you ever walk past or frequent an Italian restaurant. Uh, but basically the idea was to enhance fat oxidation and the, enhance the body's ability to uh, very efficiently get glucose out of the bloodstream and store it in the liver and in the muscle as glycogen. So I spent a year following that diet. And uh, then I, I actually went to a lab at University of Connecticut and they, they cut out some muscle from my quads. They, they sucked some fat out of my butt. They uh, did uh, carbohydrate oxidation and fat oxidation measurements. They had me run for three hours on a treadmill. They had me do a, a maximal exercise test on a treadmill. And what they found was that when you tweak your diet towards higher amounts of fat intake, uh, you actually increase fat oxidation. And in this case, the high fat athletes that they tested in this study, uh, what, the, what all the physiology textbooks tell you is that the maximum amount of fat the body can burn is 1.0 grams of fat per minute. And in this study, all the folks who kind of eschewed carbohydrates and sugar for a year bumped up that level from 1.0 up to 1.7 grams of fat per minute, literally rewrote physiology textbooks when it comes to, uh, to fat burning. And I'm not necessarily endorsing, you know, for, for like an endurance athlete or someone who just wants to tap into every little advantage possible, something like a high fat ketosis based diet can be pretty useful for the average person. I'm a fan of just using like a cyclic ketotic approach to enhance fat burning efficiency. That would mean just like not eating carbs all day long, having some carbohydrates with dinner at the end of the day, fasting overnight, you know, for 12 to 16 hours and then kind of restarting the cycle. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, dude, how how did you sleep for that year? You're in ketosis. When I first started doing the high fat diet, I would wake up at, you know, three 30 in the morning and just be jacked on cortisol. And I couldn't figure it. Finally, I, you know, I checked with someone and I go, Oh yeah, dude, you're in ketosis, blah, blah, blah. And that was explained to me. But did you, did you find when you were at that ketosis for that long period of time that your sleep was disturbed? Yeah. Well, the thing was I was training for Ironman triathlon. And so when you're training for Ironman, your head hits the pillow at night and you pretty much fall asleep. Ah, okay. It doesn't take much. So yeah, I mean, I, I kind of had a little, little, uh, advantage there in that I was just toast every time I went to bed at night. But yeah, a lot of people get in and that that's why including the carbohydrates at night can help quite a bit with the sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that too. And um, I wanted to ask you something, too, in regard to we're just getting into a little of the aches and pains and things like that. And I haven't listened to this episode, but I just noticed in your in your podcast feed, which is, by the way, for listeners, is an amazing podcast where there's tons more of this kind of information. But I saw something about end elbow pain forever. And I was like, oh, I got to ask him about that because I, I basically have I mean, I don't like to label things in my body and give them that much energy and, you know. 
But I was told by a doctor that I had some like tendonitis issues going in my elbows, like a tennis elbow kind of thing. And the only thing that I could attribute it to is heavy use of Apple track pads. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have any tips for us on on what we might do to alleviate, <laughs> you know, wrist and and elbow pain for us people that really make a living with the computer? It, it, it is a bane of many folks who make a living with their computer, including me, because I'm doing lots of pull-ups and rope climbs and then returning to the laptop to type. And I've definitely found some fixes for that. Uh, many fixes for it because I have studied everything from like prolotherapy to active release therapy to cortisol injections, you know, like pretty much every little method under the face of the planet. And there are only two things that I've personally found to completely get rid of tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, climber's elbow, typer's elbow, whatever you want to call it. And I will, I will uh, proceed this tip by telling you that after this one, I'm probably going to have to, uh, to head out to dinner pretty soon. Absolutely. Um, so pay close attention. This may be the last thing I ever say on the Luke story podcast. Um, so, uh, two things that I've only ever found to really get rid of it. Um, the, the first is there is a super cheesy book out there. One of those internet marketing books that's like sold on ClickBank, but it's called the tennis elbow cure. It literally don't laugh involves a rubber band a hammer and any grip strengthening device of choice, such as one of those little squeezy balls. And it's just a four week series of exercises like hand expanding exercises, little rotations that you do while holding this hammer and then uh, squeezy ball exercises. And it, it stretches releases and rebuilds all of those muscles that get all adhesed and tight and bound up and inflamed when you're typing or climbing, or golfing, or playing tennis, or whatever. So that's number one. And then number two is I dictate now 80% of my emails and about 50% of my writing. So I installed Dragon Dictation on my computer. I type far less than I normally do. I simply talk to my computer when I'm replying to emails. You know, for example, period, uh, cap that, Luke story, comma, I'm right now dictating to you, dash, scratch that, colon, and this is the way that I would do it. All caps. Are you listening? Exclamation mark. All caps off. And, and literally, I'll just respond to emails like that now. Wow. Genius. Those are two really good advices and sounds a lot less painful than PRP. <laughs> Plus you can like, you know, you can walk and move and stuff when you're doing it. Yeah, so. totally. I've, I've gotten in the habit of some of the dictation stuff with, you know, text messages when I'm, I'm sitting there spending like 12 minutes sending a damn long text. I realized I could have just dictated this. So very good tips. And uh, as we close the show out here, Ben, I would like to ask you for three teachers or teachings that you can recommend to our listeners that have helped you. So you've been teaching us some amazing tips here today in vast numbers. And uh, what are three books, philosophies, uh, mentors, gurus that you've gone to that have been most influential? Never had a mentor, never had a guru, (laughs) ever. Um, I was homeschooled K through 12, you know, I, I, I've certainly, you know, I've, I've asked folks for advice, uh, you know, but I've never actually had that person that I look up to as like a father figure kind of mentor. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like if you go on my website on the sidebar, for example, you could see that like Ty Lopez is a guy who helps me out with quite a bit of stuff. And primarily, if you go listen to all the podcasts I've done with him, we, what we really talk about when it comes down to it is like finances and business, right? So so he helps me out with that stuff. So he he's a good guy. He's got a good podcast. Uh, he's 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 a wealth of knowledge when it comes to like kind of like taking care of your business. But frankly, I wouldn't turn to him much for like family or happiness or health advice, right? So you know, I'd, I, I've never had like an like an all encompassing mentor, but uh, he would be one guy that that comes to mind. Um, what about a, what about a couple top uh, book or documentary recommendations, something of that nature, if not in human form? Yeah, I don't watch TV at all, but let me think of a. Oh, I take that back. I watch a uh, Junior Master Chef sometimes with my kids on Hulu because they like to cook. Uh, but as far as books go, um, two 
really good books. Uh, one is called Just Enough. It's based off this concept that life is a series of moving targets. It's this big adventure and this idea of having like a set in stone business plan and stressing over the five-year plan and the 10-year plan may be less important than we actually think. So that's that's one that's really good, Just Enough. Another really good one that I read recently uh, and that describes how technology is changing our brains, how you know, people are now rewired to literally have shorter attention spans, blah, 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 all the stuff you think you've heard before, right? Like the multitasking myth. And I didn't think this book would have anything earth shattering in it, but uh, it's called Reclaiming Conversation. And it's, it's, uh, it's literally a book full of just shocking facts and statistics and knowledge and advice on what cell phone, Twitter, social media culture is doing to us and how to escape that. And I mean, I'm, I'm not a guy who's on my phone a lot, but I mean, it's gotten me to the point where, you know, when we have dinner as a family, the phone is nowhere nearby. And, you know, I'm, uh, when I'm, when I'm out at meetings and stuff with friends, et cetera, I'm just fine now leaving the phone completely in the car and not feeling naked. And, um, it's, you know, that, that book really helped me with that. And it's, it's a really good one as well. So there's two for you just Amazing. enough. And a reclaiming conversation is a really good one. Awesome. Really good advice. We're going to put those in the show notes for sure. And before we uh, let you out of here, why don't you tell us where we can find you? I'd love to hear about your training programs and all the different books and things that you have available. How can we reach out to you? Well, I've been writing books for a decade now, so I'd, I'd, it'd be a long list. But I'd say just just go to bengreenfieldfitness.com. And at bengreenfieldfitness.com, you can get all my free you know articles and videos and learn how to do enemas and all that crazy stuff. And then uh, I've got about a 450-page book full of biohacks for your gut, your brain, sleep, fat loss, uh, physical performance, mental performance, you name it. And that is at beyondtrainingbook.com, beyondtrainingbook.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Ben, and thanks for those great tips. You have a great night, man. Thanks, man. You too. I gotta tell you, I know how you feel right now. It's that bittersweet moment when the party's over. There's full ashtrays, half-full drinks, and someone's turning on the bright lights telling you, we don't care where you go, but you can't stay here. That's what happens at the end of an episode of the podcast. It was fun, but now it's sad because we have to part ways. I hope you enjoyed that information that you got from myself and Ben. That was pretty chock full of info, so I'd like to take a second to remind you to download your episode upgrade so you don't have to remember any of that stuff. It's going to be sent right to your email in a PDF with active links. It's pretty sick. I take a lot of time, energy, and money to produce those. I'm kind of retarded. It's not a great business model, but I don't know. I just... I can't stand listening to a podcast and then never getting those links because I can't remember to go to someone's website, etc. So I'm hooking you up. Here's how you get it. You go to lukestory.com forward slash lifestylist 15. That's lukestory.com forward slash lifestylist 15 and you are going to get hooked up. And don't forget to catch next week's show on Tuesday, episode 16 featuring Klaus Pummer from Samina Beds the most fantastic beds literally in the entire known universe. We're going to talk about bedding, but also just about sleep in general. It's a great episode, so I want you to catch that. And then don't forget to please share this episode with someone you know who wants a healthy home. Click on share, tweet it, text it, email it, whatever you got to do. Go on a rooftop and shout this shit out. I want listeners, I want people to know about this information, please. And click on subscribe so you don't miss any of these episodes. And hey, check it out. If you ever have any questions that come up as a listener to this show, I'm seriously considering doing some Q&A episodes in the very near future. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email at info at lukestory.com. You can, of course, access the contact at my website or leave me a comment on Instagram and I'll make sure to keep track of those. And I'm going to start logging questions until I get enough to fill up a good hour show. And I'm just going to blast them out because I get a considerable number of questions via email and oddly enough on Instagram, which is at Luke story. Don't forget the EY on story. So send me some questions and I'm going to do my best to put together a couple episodes in the near future, answering them to the best of my ability. And in closing, I would sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, like to thank you for listening to my show. As you guys know, this is truly my dream to be able to bring this information to the world 
and help everyone to design the ultimate lifestyle. So thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one. You know what? I really like you. You know why? Because you listen to my podcast. You know what else I like? I like Bulletproof Coffee. So put those two things together, and what we've got is a sweet discount code at Bulletproof.com for you. That's right. Enter the code LUKESTORY at checkout and save 10% off your order from one of my favorite nutrition sites of all time. If you haven't had Bulletproof Coffee by now, I don't know if you've been living on Mars or what, but it's a game changer, guaranteed. And if you're not into coffee, there's tons of great chocolate products and all sorts of things. The hot cocoa is amazing, so there are alternatives if you're not a coffee drinker like myself. But I just encourage you to get over there and check it out. It's a very stellar company with some amazing health-related products. Save 10% by entering the code LUKESTORY at checkout.